Howdy folks, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about whether or not there is a dark side to coffee shops, gyms, libraries, parks. Do these serve us as families or can they be unhelpful, even harmful to family culture and to the home? Folks, thank you all so much for listening to our podcast and supporting us in all the various ways that you do. If you do enjoy this episode or any other episodes, Please, you know what's a huge blessing to us when is when you go out of your way and take the time to leave a, a review either on Spotify or iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on. That is what helps our podcast grow. And uh, just as simple as leaving like a one-word review, literally, on iTunes or Spotify helps it in the rankings and it helps us reach more people. And uh, and we aim to do that. We really want to, to encourage families. Katie and I find it so helpful to hear from other people that are like-minded or they even challenge us in their thinking. Talk about family life. Talk about talk about marriage. Talk about parenting. And uh, and we want to be another voice in this space. I, I'm of the mindset there that there can never be too many people encouraging families from a Christian biblical perspective. And we hope to do that. We hope to encourage families from a Christian biblical perspective. And so if you watch us on YouTube, if you leave if you like the video or subscribe, that helps as well. All those things help. Folks, we're gonna get this thing going. The now that we're a family podcast. Well my voice is a little bit out today. Um yeah, I was just telling Elisha two weeks ago at the beginning of February, I was like, I just feel like I have so much energy. I'm just ready to to go. You know, we need a. I feel like I have more bandwidth. And so as one does, we just added things with the children and we added complexity with the work we're doing together and hobbies and personal life and lots of incredible social events. And it's all been awesome, but then, of course, it all hits, and all these self-imposed deadlines are uh, coming up, and so we've just been going hard, and I think, like, I need a long nap. Yes, hopefully <laughs> a good, a, a multiple good nights sleep in a row. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mentioned this in last week's email, that it has, it has felt a little old school as far as getting up early, staying yeah. up late, working, and... Uh, it's a little different now than when we were doing that back in our first apartment with no children or maybe one child. Uh, and that like your days are maxed out regardless with homeschooling, with childcare, with preparing meals, with laundry, with keeping the home. And here you are, you've, we've got some fun projects. I mean, like at the end of the day, oh, we step back yeah. and we're like, Oh, well this is like kind of like a dream come true to be working on this stuff. And so it's a blast sitting next to each other on the couch working on it. But then all of a sudden we're sitting on the, t the couch working on it and we're like, oh, it's kind of late, you know, <laughs> like we should yeah. get to bed. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then we do that multiple nights in a row and, uh, and it catches up to you. Well, it's late and it's been early. So I don't know. I don't know how much these cameras can pick up on, but I had a pretty solid bloodshot eye when I was getting ready for this episode. So... Anyways, just now I am alive and well, but a little overcommitted at the moment uh, with all, all really, good, really good things. One thing that I've really loved is that we've been writing a ton, and I love to write, but sometimes it can fall on the back burner if you don't have something to write for, Yes, and it's just easy to think, oh, I'll do that some other time, so it's been really fun. We've written, I don't know, tens of thousands of words. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say last week? 40, I mean, 40 or 50,000, would you say? In a week, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been going hard on the writing. And then today, I was reading it out loud to Elisha, and he was catching glitches that you notice when you read stuff out loud. And um, yeah, so my voice was just like, oh, man. <laughs> calling it, calling it good. But anyways, we're excited to be on here. The voice is, the voice is important when you mm. podcast and you read storybooks to your kids all day. Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> it is important. Something I do want to let our listeners know, though, is you might have noticed that we vacated Instagram mm. this last week. That has been something that has been in the works for a while, and we might talk about it in a future episode. But we wanted to let you guys know that we will be, Elisha will still be running the Top 5 Tuesday email, and we're going to kind of treat that as a place where one might, you know, substitute things that you would share on Instagram in terms of like links, things we're currently loving, you know, requests that you guys have. We will be linking more down below Top 5 Tuesday. So Top 5 Tuesday is going to stay the same. Uh, big fans of the Top 5 Tuesday email. We don't want to change anything that way. But we can, even though it's only going to be a weekly digest instead of maybe a more multiple yeah, multiple day a week, week thing. Multiple day a week, yeah. Yeah, we are going to be still updating you guys real time on what we're liking or if you have questions on linking something or something like that, we can do it in that email because um, that's more real time than the podcast is. We'll also have a link down below in the description box. This sounds like housekeeping, but I just <laughs> genuinely want, it's like part of, I guess I care. A big reason why we didn't leave Instagram a year ago was because we wanted you guys to be able to come with us and we just didn't want to go dark. And so we were creating places that we could still connect and still be encouraged in. And so that's why I'm letting you guys know about this. But uh, we love hearing your questions that you would submit in the Q&A Mondays. And so now down below in the description box, there's a little link. And if you go there, you could ask your questions and we get those questions. And so we would love if you would continue submitting your questions. Mm. Um, anything from, again, a link to something, a resource, uh, a question for the podcast, mm. or anything like that. So anyways, just want to let you guys know those are kind of going to be the more consistent resources. Yeah, because we do enjoy sharing different aspects of our life that maybe would more commonly be shared on Instagram. But we do that now in the email. And we've done that for a while in our weekly email. And that's been really fun because... Uh, as many of you probably are not on social media or you've you know transitioned away from it or phased out of social media uh that's been the same for us you know for the longest time i couldn't imagine being inspired anywhere else than than instagram when i think back crazy yeah like a few years back like that was the app i would go to for you know bible inspiration or for fitness inspiration or for business inspiration and then over time it just clearly stopped serving me. And and so then I transitioned to just podcasts and just YouTube videos and just reading blogs. And so I felt a lot more compelled to create content on those platforms, yeah. podcasting, YouTube, writing, and you know people's emails. There's a few emails that I subscribe to that I really enjoy getting and they're an encouragement to me. And so it feels really good to be creating content and adding value in the places that, I mean, yeah that we, that we believe in, you know, yeah, like, that we really enjoy and, um, feel like they're a little slower paced mm. for me. I feel like I, 
uh, I fell out of love with Instagram with the reels hmm. for whatever reason. The creating them and the watching them, I just don't enjoy. And yet I would spend a lot more time on my phone when I had that feature. Yes. And so I think a big reason too was we just started feeling detached from you guys because we haven't been on the platform for over a year now. And um, our incredible assistants, Lauren and Megan, have been posting for us and DMing for us and um, still running it over there, which has been awesome. But we haven't been there. So it's kind of funny because I've even had like my mom call me up and be like, Katie, I just watched your pantry organization. And I'm like, what pantry organization? Like I haven't filmed anything for Instagram for over a year. And um, Lauren was going back, which is awesome, and finding old archive stories and sharing them with you guys that hadn't seen them, you know, four years ago or three years ago when I filmed them. And so, or even two years ago. So Anyways, it's been pretty awesome how Lauren did that. Mm. But I started to be very detached with what you guys were even seeing on there. And um, so it feels really good to feel like, well, anything we come out with now will be more real time. And um, yeah, something that on a platform that we really enjoy being on. Yeah. And I, I, I am grateful we kept the various uh, posts that we did on there because it almost serves as like a... Um, like a poor man's Wikipedia page almost. No, you know, wow. like, <laughs> should have taken a little more time on those then. Well, no, it's like if so, I, I know that I've got, when I meet somebody new or I hear about somebody and yeah. you search them, you want just kind of a place to go learn about what they do. And websites aren't always the most, uh, they're not the always, always the easiest to navigate and just to get like a general idea about what people are about. That's why I always love it when people have Wikipedia pages. I'm like, who is this person? But obviously, people you know, like you and me, don't have a Wikipedia page. Well, yeah, and so and it's depending on where you're, where what platform you use the most. That's the platform you look people up on. Yeah, you know, so you might look them up on Instagram, or you might Google them, or you might look them up on YouTube. Or, yes, right. Yeah, and what I'm saying, even with that, is it's like there could be a podcast that I'm interested in. But I'm like, who is this person? And it's hard if they've got you know 476 podcast episodes to get their story. Yeah, that's a good and point. And so you're like, what What are they about? And then you go to their Instagram, you're like, oh, okay, they're married. They've got four kids. That's awesome. And then I, I, and I move on to listening to their podcast. Yeah, I feel like I actually, with that in mind, we should maybe update it with like a little more of a bio. Oh, yeah. Because right now we don't really say who we are or what we do. Yeah. Well, I think we no, just we tell the, people where they can find us. Yeah, we what we do on the podcast. Anyways, okay, so that's like a, a little brainstorm there. Yeah, a little more, <laughs> some, some housekeeping <laughs> items. Uh, yeah, but it feels good. Yeah. It feels good. It, feel, it seems like it's the right stage of life, for the right decision for the next season of life. For yeah. Us. So, Katie, again, I mean, here we are. The introduction has gone on and on and on. But you and I have formed some new opinions. I don't know if these are new opinions for you, but they're new opinions for me as to the F or the, I guess, the benefit or the alleged benefit of coffee shops, uh, really third spaces. Yeah. I think you could just say third spaces. And obviously, there's a whole array of third spaces. But it's, the t it's something that you and I have noticed more and more as we've put more of an emphasis on our home. We realize a lot of the times we would go to third spaces would actually not be that helpful for our family. It's like they sell you this, you've got this concept of them being a place of reprieve or of creativity, um, rest, fun, whatever. I don't know what what adjective it is that, that you fill in when you think of these spaces that you're going to, productivity. And then over time, we started realizing that 
went with two kids and then three kids and then four kids, you're like, you know what? If we put more time and energy into making our home the type of place we would want to have people over for coffee instead of meeting them, or if we set up a, a space at our house where we can work out versus taking that time and trying to manage watching the kids, you know, one of us watching the kids while the other one's working out and doing that whole tag team thing, then if we, you know, put that energy towards a home gym, it's far more effective. And, um, Hey everyone, I want to take a quick moment to tell you about our online music academy called VoteBergMusicAcademy.com. Katie and I actually started this online music academy seven years ago, and over that time we've been able to see thousands of students go through our courses and learn how to play the guitar, the mandolin, the fiddle, the piano, the ukulele, and bring music into their home. And we really curated these lessons so that you're able to learn with your child or you're able to learn by yourself and then bring music into your home and play with your kiddos. We even have it so that you can, you know, subscribe to one course and have three of your kids take the same course. So it's really cost effective and you're able to go at your own pace and bring music into your home. Go to VoperMusicAcademy.com and check this out. Okay, listen up. This is where it gets really good. If you enter the coupon code YouTube at checkout, you will get 10% off each month's payment because it's a subscription. It's a reoccurring payment. So if you put that code in, then it's 10% off each month. So, I mean, that can really add up over time. So bring some music into your family's home. Go over to VoperMusicAcademy.com. I'll link it below. And you guys put in that coupon code and go learn how to play some piano, guitar, fiddle, mandolin, ukulele, your choice. What's interesting is that you've been that way for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think I I was that way from the day I got married. <laughs> because yes. a big reason why I've actually never been a fan of third space is like I wasn't even the person to go to a coffee shop when I was single. Mm. I, I never was. And I think the big reason why is I'm kind of fanatical about efficiency mm. and the amount of time that it takes to get dressed to go somewhere. And I'm not saying like, you know, be dressed for the day, but like gather your paraphernalia. Yeah, just like I need to gather my cord and my computer and my yes. notebook. And I usually have like three or four notebooks going. So I need to remember all those. Yes. And then what if I need to reference something at home? Yeah. Or if you need he like you forget your headphones. Yeah. You, you just know, need like this big book bag, yeah. even as like a one person. And then, um, you get there and then you've got to buy something. You have to socially interact with a bunch of different people and be gracious and then, you know, learn skill <laughs> instead of enjoyed skill. No, um, sometimes it's easier than others. And then the chance of you running into someone oh. that you know is probably high in a town you go to. Um, for me, the chance that I know Elisha has this too, the chance you're like sitting next to someone that's having a really interesting conversation. Yeah, it's distracting. It's totally distracting. I mean, your computer gets low on battery. You have to find out where the charging cord is, like like a station. You have to find somewhere to sit. It's just a lot. Yeah. And so to me, it's like if I have an hour, I'm going to – I know exactly where it is. Right. I'm going to get it done right now. I'm just going to do it and move on. And I get the whole part of it being ex an experience, and so sure. that's fun. But – um. Yeah, so that's it. That was kind of my experience before we got married. Yeah, and that's just one category of the use of coffee shops is like productivity or work. Yes. And that one made sense to me pretty early on with you. Where And, and we've got totally different backgrounds in the coffee shop world. Because yeah. I think I'm probably a lot more of a uh, you know typical millennial that just 
grew up loving coffee shops. Like I grew, I hit my teens and, and young adult years in the coffee shop era where it was where young people hung out, you know, especially Christian yeah. young people. It's like we weren't going to the bars, but we were going to coffee shops. And then obviously my fan, I don't know if it is obvious, but if, if it's not obvious, it's going to be obvious <laughs> after I tell now. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My family was in the coffee shop, was in the coffee industry, you know, so my dad Still bought his is. first coffee shop. Yeah. When I was 11 and I started working at the co- in a coffee shop when I was 13 and continued to work in our family's coffee shops uh, for nearly 10 years, um, cafes and drive throughs And then I worked at other cafes as well, you know, when, when I moved away. And so I certainly loved various aspects of the coffee industry. I, I nerded out for a season um, in, in the whole third wave uh, scene in coffee. And, and so when I got married, I couldn't picture starting my day without going to a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. That, that was my MO from the time I could drive until we got married. And that was a big deal in our marriage. And I'm sure we've, yeah, we've, yeah. Shared, we've shared about that because when finances were tight early on, the thought of me spending $3 for like a just an espresso or a eight ounce drip was a really big deal. Yeah, well, it was a money thing, and it was also a me kind of feeling left out thing because we just had different flows. Mm. So Elisha would get up and want to go to the coffee shop, and I'd want to get up and get our day started, and so it just seemed like a big delay of game to me. Yes, and obviously, I know I sound like a total jerk, but I, oh. I kind of was. So <laughs> you know, and so we just had this different idea of what constituted a good morning. My mornings I saw as my most productive hours of my day. Mm. And Elisha saw it as when you get up, you go somewhere, you like get your day started and then you tackle what you need to tackle. Kick into work mode or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, I will say, Elisha has, we've we've kind of come each other's ways on this because... um, You started walking my way. (laughs) I started walking your way. We met in the middle. But Elisha will say this sometimes. He'll come home and be like, I just need to get a lot of work done. I'm going out to the garage. And he'll just oh. be out here in the hole for a couple hours or a few hours. And so you feel now. Big difference now. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, again, a bunch has changed for me in, since those early years. And I do want to say that first apartment, that was really harsh for me because we were in a really fun part of town where we could walk to. I mean, probably like seven or eight great coffee shops. I think of that, like that had great coffee. You know, I think of Pallet, you know, and they were serving Kova at the time. And it was just so fun to go there. The baristas really cared. And we could walk there. It was like three blocks. And that felt really cool. Yeah, we lived in Bend, Oregon. And yeah, it was like fun. It felt very trendy. It's known you know? for like coffee shops and breweries. Yes. And so that was really hard for me to be that close to all those cool coffee shops early on. And not take advantage of that, not get up, walk down the street to the coffee shop. And so that was a, un- a unique challenge. And then as time's gone on, I've, I don't know, I, fi- I like finally grew up, I feel like a couple of years ago and really cared about getting a lot of work done because it wasn't until <laughs> oh, like no. two years ago that I started, it started driving me crazy when I would go to a coffee shop to, and this is about the time that we went and rented an office yeah. because it, it would drive me crazy. I'd go to a coffee shop and well, one, there's just the logistics of like, of trying to find a space, you know, then you got to find an outlet. And then if you're in a downtown area, a lot of times it's like time limited parking. So you're like, Oh, I got to go move my car, you know, yeah, you two hours, or it's paid parking. Um, or you run into people that you know, and it's like, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but it's like, I'm, I'm there to work, you know? And so those conversations were just, were taking up precious work time. And then, 
like you said, just the distracting nature of being out in public where there's just other conversations going on around you. And, uh, and so, yes, over the last couple of years, I'm like, just let me hide out in my garage and get work done. And then if I want to go out for like a break from work, yeah. I'm like, okay, I just want to go. I'm not going to bring my work stuff with me. I'll take a break from yeah, work. Yeah, or sometimes you will and think like, oh, like, because it's something to do if no one's there, too. Sometimes, like, I feel like sometimes you'll bring your computer and be like, like wanting to socialize, like, oh, I'll go to this coffee shop where I'll probably run into someone, but if I don't, I'll get this stuff done. Yeah, I mean, no, I haven't done I'm, that for years. Oh, I don't, okay. definitely don't do that okay. anymore. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I remember I did that in Bend a lot. Yeah. Whereas, like, oh, I think I'll probably run into Micah or Cody or whatever. I need to know? update my Elisha file. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that. Yeah, you're right. That is with Micah and Cody and stuff like that. Yeah. Back in our really early days, he needed some. I need to probably get away from this like clingy wife home. <laughs> but that would be something where that was Elisha and I started working together while we were dating. And so that was like just our different styles would be like really conflicted when we would decide to go work on a project or something. And now I feel like we're two peas in a pod. Yeah, it does feel a lot more that way. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just work. So that's, I feel like that's one category. Yeah, and that's not usually like the young family category. Yes. We started having more of a thought on this when it came to um, like getting our kids loaded up being like, let's go, let's go to the coffee shop. We go there, we're stressed out. We're trying to keep hot chocolates from spilling. We're, T- you know, chairs are tipping over. The, you're trying to keep the kids orderly. It costs money, and you're stressed out. You're you're pitting out like it's really it's always too hot in there. You know, like you're trying to take layers off, and you like get back home. And you're like, you know what? I think I would have enjoyed just sitting at home and making coffee and having it right here with my family. Well, we specifically notice this when you're going to meet people. Yes. So when it's Elisha and I, there are times when like it's after church or. I don't know. You just feel like we want to go out and, you know, all the kids look cute. Let's just go somewhere. You know, we're just sitting around our house. And so we'll drive to a coffee shop and think this is a fun environment. But as parents, we are on like we're there to make it a good time for the children and for us. We aren't trying to like engage in a conversation with friends and wrangle, watch their kids and ours and all of that. Yes. And so I think we started having issue with the um, third spaces when it came to meeting people, yes. people with young families. They're like, we're going to meet at a coffee shop. And it's like, okay, so now we're going to be split between like, we can't really parent in this environment. We're right. going to be more pacifying our children, yes. which always bites you in the long oh. run. They start to learn, oh, I've got total control of this situation. And then you're trying to have this conversation and it can just get really stressful. Yes. And we thought of that this um, last week because Elisha's parents were in town, which is awesome, um, that they drove over to see us. And instead of, in go- instead of going and meeting at a coffee shop, we had them come to our house for coffee. Yes. I loved that. I mean, I don't know if they enjoyed it as much as a coffee shop environment. I'm sure the coffee was not as good. But, I mean, we had, like that morning time that they came over, we had like three and a half hours of pretty uninterrupted conversation we made them coffee here and that just wouldn't happen at a at a coffee shop with all with all the kiddos and the kiddos were coloring off to the side of us while we were talking they were playing lego and they would come in and show papa joe and misa what they were working on and they'd go back and keep working on their project and it was really enjoyable and i contrast that to 
you know, one of the first times I kind of had this thought, and that was when my sister Liddy was was in town with her husband Colby, and there, I think they had four, I can't remember if they had three or four kids at the time, but we all got together for coffee and, at a coffee shop, and I was pumped to see my sister Liddy. She she was the closest to me in age growing up, and so she's she was, the, you know, one of my best sibling friends, and, uh, and so I was really excited to catch up with her because it had been a while, and we brought our four kiddos, they had their four kiddos, we get our coffee, we sit down. And it was just like a hectic, stressful two and a half hours of juggling kids, not being able to get anywhere into a conversation, cleaning up hot chocolates that had spilled. You know, somebody's got a dirty diaper, so you got to run out to the car and find, you know, wipes and a diaper, then find a bathroom to change the, the baby. And then you're like, wait, well, let's go to the park. And, and I think that that's a lot of times how like people get a bad picture in their mind of family life. They're like, oh, family life looks like the worst. You see those those people over there, you know, juggling their kids and, and they're trying to clean up messes. And of course, there are times when you're parenting where it does get messy and, and it's a glorious task to do that work. But I think we can make it a lot easier on ourselves as parents if we don't put ourselves in those situations as much as we do sometimes. Like we can minimize those situations by just being like, oh, well, hey, like our, my kids and your kids would play way better in our backyard or, you know, in our living room building with magnetiles uh, and we can make coffee here and have great conversation. And so I think that's the mindset that we have now. Of course, my, you know, coffee shops are a blast. I, I see why people like them, right? There's like, it's a fun environment. It can be social. But for what we're doing right now in this season of life, they don't serve us when it comes to going out as a family. And it's crazy, even restaurants, because that was another thing, too. Being, you know, Bend was kind of a foodie town. It's like, oh, you got to go out and you got to go all the places. And then one, starting to really care about ingredients and nutrition, that really changed our perspective on restaurants. And then two, just being able to, like you said, train our children, enjoy conversations with them. It's like, man, if we eating at home is just better. On all, on all the levels, you know, on the taste, on the health, on the experience with our kiddos, the conversation, the family culture. And, uh, and again, don't, if any of our friends are listening or people that we're going to see in, in person, don't feel bad to like ask us to meet coffee. We still do that. You know, we still go meet people that are coming through town or if we're out of town, you know, around people we will go and we'll meet coffee. But what, what we've noticed is like, oh, the home is ideal for these things. That's really what should be the, the goal and the standard and the expectation. And then trips outside to third spaces, third spaces to third spaces should be the exception to the rule and kind of an occasion, I think. That's where we're at anyways. Well, I think, too, there's something to be said about obviously training your children for these environments. And so we don't want to make it seem like, oh, this is just going out with kids. Going out with kids is spilled drinks and, you know, a dirty diaper and whatever, whatever, whatever that you picture with the survival of kiddom, which is painted online. Yep. Because that is not at all what life needs to be. And that was something that, you know, when Lisa and Joe were here, we did go out to dinner that night and the waitress was really sweet. And she was like, wow, your kids are so well behaved and it's a joy to have them here. But it wasn't as enjoyable for the kids to be in that environment, even though they behaved really well. And it was a really great time, it wasn't um, super fun for them. And so I think sometimes we can put on our children, they should behave out in public, but then it becomes this thing that they have to um, attain to all the time. And we want to just be able to have time with our kids where they can enjoy 
um, hanging out with their friends and stuff like that too. I think that honestly, yeah, we never did that. I never brought our kiddos places either because I think that sometimes all the effort that goes into getting loaded up in the car and collecting all that stuff and then dragging your kids somewhere and then dragging them home, that's where we get all this um, negative ammunition toward our children because it was a stressful experience for us because we were trying to live like we're still single and enjoy the things that we enjoyed while we were still single instead of just optimizing the season we're in Mm. and being like, okay, well, right now, it is awesome to be able to have someone over and lay the baby down and have a spare pack in place. The friend can lay their baby down too. And we can have coffee and muffins here. And it's a really fun, enjoyable time um, because this is the season that we're in. So maybe this needs to be the norm and the exception needs to be the venturing out. And um, yeah, so anyways, I do think too, sometimes as a parent, the way that everyone else is experiencing us can be different than how we're experiencing it ourselves. So like with that instance with, you know, your sister and your family being in town and us all being at the coffee shop, I wasn't doing a ton of the um, wrangling the kids for whatever reason. I guess I was in a good conversation. So that was falling <laughs> on Elijah. But I don't think to anyone else it looked super chaotic. Like oh, we sure. had a we had a spilt we did have spilt cocoa. Usually I'm the one knocking my water over on the table. It's not the kids. Um, And then we had to go out to the car and get diapers. But I think when you really want to have a conversation and you're stressed that it's not happening, your blood can start to boil when it's not actually as, it starts to feel very hectic to you because you can't do what you would like to do. Yeah, And I think that's when I start to feel convicted is when I feel like that leads to me resenting my kids. As as I'm like blaming them. I'm like, why, like, why can't you just sit at the table here, enjoy your drink or whatever, you know, talk to your cousin, ask them what, you know, if what they're studying in school, you, you, you expect them to have like an adult conversation and you get mad when they don't. And then I came away from that. I was like, what? Like, that's so unfair to put that on your kid. And and I want to back up. I, I actually think you're able to have your kids do a lot better out in public when it's less of a frequent thing when they are recharged. And I think that's something that we want to make our home. We don't want to make our home a place where we, um, you know, just stay, we um, live in our bubble and we don't ever serve. We don't ever give to anybody. Cause I think the family does need to be out. And in a lot of ways have these moments of being on display for the world to see the, the glorious nature of the home. Like you, you, th- you think of just seeing a husband and a wife and children, you're seeing God's design on display. And again, yeah, that happens sometimes even when it's, uh, when there's crying kids and you know, you're, you're getting after, you're getting under each other's skin, like you still are God's design, but you want that to be the type of thing that really reflects his glory. And I think you can do that more consistently when you are recharged and solidified at home, just as we all know that kids do so much better when they know they have boundaries, there's security and boundaries when they know that they've got a stable, home life. They're like, oh, I've got my life here. They are far more apt to behave in a far more enjoyable way when they do go out into public for those occasions, like going out to dinner with my parents, which which we loved. And the kids did great and they were a blessing to everybody that they were around. You know, mm-hmm. numerous people told us that in that one night. We started seeing our kids lose that type of charm, you know, or that type of, you know, I guess being a being a joy 
to other people when we were doing that on a regular basis and mm-hmm. we're dragging them to coffee shops and it's kind of getting close to their nap time and we're telling them to be quiet or to behave or to stay at their seat. Uh, and after a while, we're like, well, we actually don't need to do this to them. Like we can be social at our house. We can have people there and we can make that an environment where they, the kids are doing great. They're comfortable and they're secure in their home environment. If some, if you do need a parent, you can take them into the back room and parent, mm-hmm. uh, and which is really great. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot harder to do that out in a public setting. And so the, the child feels the security of that. And they're like, oh, okay, there's some boundaries here and they do a lot better. And so I don't, I don't want to sound like we never go out. I think we want the times that we do go out to feel rejuvenated, to feel like we're in a place to really give and to pour into the people that we're around and to be a blessing. And oftentimes, or I think there for us, there was a time where we were going out so much, we weren't ever charged up. We weren't ever in a place to feel like we could pour into our kids and to those that we were around. And, and our kids, you know, their bandwidth was shot and their, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that this can really be something that um, I guess we utilize third spaces because our own homes aren't restful. And we think if we go to this third space, it's nice, it's clean, we can spill something, someone else can help us pick it up. We don't have to prepare the food there. Uh, We don't have to clean the bathrooms there. And so it sounds like a break. But often it's not as big of a break as we think it is. And then we come home and we're wiped. And that's when we go okay, we need to turn something on for the kids because everyone's wiped and everyone's tired. And so we put them in front of a screen. And I see this happen a lot with families with really, really little kids Mm. because the kids are overstimulated in the public environment and then they come home. And in order for the mother to get a break because she's overstimulated, they get put in front of something that overstimulates them more. And so then uh, the house continues to be dirty and mother continues to be overstimulated. And then she continues to think, Oh, if I just go to a third space, I can get a break from my home environment. Instead of just working on creating our home environments to be these restful spaces. I think something that I never saw myself as was a mom of just little kids. And I know it's like kind of might be a random thing to say, but I always thought okay, they can be learning something. And if I'm teaching them in this season, then they can build on that in the next season. Mm. And so it wasn't ever a season where it's like, well, I'm staying at home and they're little and they can't speak to me. And so I'm just going to, it doesn't matter what I do all day, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like I can just go anywhere and kill time and bring them along to kill time with me. And I do think it's super healthy for women to be social and we do have women over to our home a lot. I have my friends over or I'll go over to someone else's home or sometimes we will meet at a park that oftentimes I walk to, which is really nice to not have to load everyone up in the car. But I think that, um, I think if we change the perspective of these can be teaching years for our children, every hour does matter. Mm. We aren't just here to exist and survive these years when we have a one and two year old, we can really, a one and two year old can do a lot. And as they learn to get more independent, as they learn to enjoy being read to, as they learn to enjoy the outdoors and pay attention to things out there, these are little skill sets that make our lives so much easier in the home because we come home and they know how to find rest themselves and they know how to engage themselves and they know how to calm themselves and have peace without something else, um, you know, a device forcing that on them. And so 
I think in the long run, it becomes a lot more peaceful. You know, my Elisha's uh, sister, Lilia, I think is a great example of this. She has, you know, her little girls and she's been teaching them fiddle since they've been, I think, two and a half or three years old. Mm-hmm. And they're reading, they rip on the fiddle, they play together. Um, They've done Bible memory and songs and catechism since they were two. I mean, they're talking and you have no clue what they're saying, Mm. but they're so capable. Mm. And I think she just has been so intentional with pouring into them every day, even just like training obedience Mm. at a really young age. You know, I think she was training her kiddos at like 10 and 11 months and I just really respect that because it makes each stage builds upon the other stage. So if we're just pacifying our year-old baby with food or a scone to keep them happy so we can have a conversation with another mom at a coffee shop, that does bite us when they're two. Yeah. And that bites us harder when we're three and harder when we're four. And so anyways, I just think it can really perpetuate a lot of uh, things that maybe we don't realize are negative. I think sure. my sister Kyla is another great example having little kids and just still being really intentional with that time. Yeah, that makes sense. Something I just appreciate about you is that uh, it's not that we don't love to give each other um, what you might call breaks or just a moment, you know, like a free afternoon mm-hmm. or even a full a full free day. But it's funny because even if I offer you an afternoon, be like, hey, like, do you want to do go to a coffee shop? It's like, you're like, well, it's actually more helpful for me if you like took the kids to the park for an hour. Yeah, like, sometimes I can, opt. Because <laughs> then you can be at home. You can do what you want to do here. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And, uh, but I do think that something, whether it's a coffee shop or a gym or just getting out of your home, it's like anytime you're trying to escape your reality, uh, there's obviously, I mean, it's kind of like escapism is not great. It's not good for your long-term future. And it's not even good for your current time well-being. It's not for your present. That's what is, that's what the word I was looking for. And we, and we do that as adults by obviously checking out on screens, checking out of a reality, going to screens and, and, you know, watching movies, going to social media, um, vegging out on YouTube. We can, we all know what the thing is for us, but I think we also do that by just going to coffee shops by going out and keeping ourselves busy to try to escape from what our reality is instead of leaning into it and making your reality a place you don't want to escape from, a place that you're excited to wake up to. And a lot of times it's as simple as like, it's like a two minute decision where you're kind of like, okay, you're feeling that stress at the end of the afternoon. You're like, okay, do we, are we going to do dinner here? Are we going to tidy up the house? Should we go out? And it just sounds easier to, to like go out. And we've had those we feel a tension still sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Where it's like, man, like, should we just, should we go, should we go out and get dinner? And it's like, it, it can be the difference of five minutes of, of like, okay, you know what? Let's tidy everything up. Let's get the kids busy with this activity. Let's get some music going. Let's rest, that's restful or that's inspirational. That's just a big thing right there. Taking five minutes to, you know, do a, a scamp, you know, or just some sort of power clean. Yeah. You're like, oh, I actually love being in this home. I actually do like our kitchen and our living room and our, you know, our, our dining room. I'd rather be here this evening. Let's see, you know, let's make a dinner here. Let's actually enjoy preparing dinner. And, and again, being a team with that, because I do think I can be a supportive when I take the kids in those crucial hours, like for five or 10 minutes so that you can just kind of get equipped for dinner, you know, that you can get set up for that. But I think it's as easy as like two or three minutes sometimes to make that, 
your reality something that you don't want to escape from anymore. Yeah. There's a couple things. I mean, obviously you guys know we love parks and we utilize parks a ton. And also I've utilized the library a lot at different periods of our life. And so it's not like I'm saying, or we're saying, okay, these are really bad things. They could be really great resources. And, but sometimes when we think of socializing with other people, especially the home can be the best place to socialize and to host. Because when I think of a park, I'm cool reading my book at a park. We know where the parks are that are way less populated, but sometimes you go to these busy parks and you have friends there and all you're doing is running around the park the whole time trying to find your child. Yeah. And you are actually able to have a conversation and you both go home really stressed from the experience. So that's something that we haven't seen being real beneficial when it comes to parks. Something else that I'm really not encouraging, um, because it sounds like I'm saying stay home, stay home, which I do think is uh, healthiest on a large scale for a mother and a homemaker, but I'm not saying these two things. One, isolate yourself. I'm saying invite people into your home. Yeah. Because loneliness is a big deal when you're a stay-at-home mother. And um, isolation can be a really big deal. And your mental health can really be bolstered by just being in community. And so I do think that if we're staying home for, you know, a week at a time, just in our grungy sweatpants and our hair greasy, and we have no one to see and don't really care and are just in survival mode that way, then I see the appeal to get dressed and go somewhere in public and engage with other human beings. Hmm. We are created to socialize. So I would just encourage you to maybe consider how can I make my home a place that I would like to invite people to. Um, And then one other thing is I do think that a lot of being home can start to become negative in the sense that we're home. So we just get online. Oh, yes. (laughs) And for hours and hours and hours a day, we're just being at home. Yes. Being at home is not a solution to all problems. Right. Right. Like, that is a very unhealthy situation to be in as far as your brain is going to be struggling. If you have all these ruts. Yes, if like you have all these ruts, your where, phone, your computer, your TV, um, whatever the things may be, and these are the habits and the grooves that you have on your couch and your chair and your bed and your living room and like all around your house, that can be a very harmful place to be. Mm. And so, especially because these devices are addictive. And, and these things are addictive. So it's like an addict, you know, an alcoholic walking around with just alcohol in every single room. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a bummer for you. Mm-hmm. And so um, thinking, but that's not the home that we want to live in. So thinking, okay, instead of trying to get out of this environment all the time, how do I purify this environment right. so that I can be restful here? So I can be peacefully productive here. Uh how do I make my home this sacred place for my children, for myself, for my home, for my husband? I mean, for um, those that we invite into our home. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I think that even now our obsession with being, you know, in our home space for work is because we've created a space that's really productive for us. It's free of distractions. We don't have these um, lazy, apathetic ruts in these in these spots that we enjoy working at in our home. That's not always been the case for me. I think that was a no, huge reason why I, I would need to get out to an office or get out to a coffee shop is because it's like, well, home is couch time and whatever, movies or sports or it's not productive time 
for me. So I felt like I needed to get out to kick into that mode. And, and that's a really good point, Katie, babe, especially with the socialization thing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the best thing, and that's why I do love that we have things on our calendar that get us out to the, out of the house, obviously church on Sunday and then small group on Tuesday, you know, and, and then the father son ministry on Thursday and any type of men's Bible study that you can be a part of or women's Bible study. Or we all go skiing, you know, that yes. gets us out. Yeah. Cause I do think it is extremely important to socialize and to have that on the calendar. Um, I think you said it a while back, you want to make your home the type of place that you're not wanting to escape from, that you're actually being the best version of yourself in, that, that like you're motivated to get up, get dressed, you know, put your, whatever. For a guy, we pretty much just get up and get dressed. We don't do makeup or anything. Maybe comb our hair. You know, like even when I'm working yeah, at home, I want to get up yeah. and I want to take a shower. I want to put deodorant on. I want to comb my hair. Um, and I want to present to you, to the children, to myself, all of that. Um, in a way that's professional and that, that I, where I take myself seriously, we all know that like the stats show it. We, we know it just instinctually. It's like we perform on a higher level in all categories of life when we dress better, when we, mm. when we, when we wash our face, when we have better hygiene, like that's just a known fact. And so you want your home to be the place where you're performing at a high level. And so therefore do some of those basic things. And also, like you said, remove those what you might call creature comforts that are just detrimental to your long-term well-being. And that takes time sometimes to do those whole house audits and to do those kind of like re you know, re- renovations ultimately. Yeah. Of being like, we're going to clean out the fridge. We're not having this in the pantry anymore. TV's getting out of the living room. Whatever the thing is for you. Have you have to be extreme with these things. I think that's something that people don't talk about a lot of times, but it's like if you have an addiction – it's not just like, okay, I'm going to try not to turn the TV on. Mm. It's like, no, you rip that thing out of your wall and you store it in your sister's garage for two months so you can overcome it. <laughs> you know, like like you have to get out of the groove. There's going to be a detox period and there's going to be a time where you're going to need to experiment with, okay, what do I do instead of that? When I feel that trigger, where do I go? Mm. When I feel the trigger to check my phone, where do I go? And it has to be absent for a period, an extended period of time for us to build a new grain brew groove. Grain groove. <laughs> it's a whole thing, guys. <laughs> and a new, a new habit pattern. And so I, I say that because sometimes our habits, our old habits went away when we moved. Yes. We were able to start fresh and Elisha and I would realize that and be like, Hey, we got to capitalize. Yeah. On this. Like when I sit down here, I don't feel the feelings. Like it's a clean slate. I can feel whatever I want. We've, we've heard about, you know, you sit down at a dining room table and you start salivating because you're just ready for food. You might not be hungry, but that's mm. what you do in that place. Mm. And so if you have a clean, fresh space, you can do that, but you can also totally develop new cravings and appetites in an old space. Mm. You just have to be really um, strict with yourself. And by strict with yourself, I'm saying not use willpower. You can't have the option if you actually want to overcome an addiction. Yes. I just eliminate the option. I mean, I'm not an addiction expert. That's just what I'm saying. It's worked for me, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Sound like I really have stats to back this up, but I haven't seen it work for anybody. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that before, and it it is really cool, and it's inspirational to know that we can change our appetite. We can change our instincts. We can change our propensities and, and where we gravitate towards to be things that actually serve us. Literally rewire our brains. Yes, exactly. Yeah, where it's like, oh, no way. My default 
is something that's really helpful to the home. Like, no way. Like my, when, you know, what I reach for, it's not just, you know, it's not Instagram anymore or it's not the remote Mm. or it's not junk food. Now I like instinctually reach for my guitar to play music with the kids, you know, and like this is helpful to the home or now I instinctually reach for a book uh, because I I enjoy doing that. I've gotten the reward from that enough to know that it pays off. And, And that's just a sign of maturity and it's a sign of successful people when you're able to put forth um, basically effort and have a little bit of a longer, um, I guess, time span elapse for the re- for the re- reward then to come. Like that's, what, I mean, obviously kids don't have that ability. You know, that's mm-hmm. why we're we parent them and we train that ability. And then as adults, a lot of times we we don't have that in different areas of our life where we're like, no, I'm not willing to neglect the chocolate or the ice cream for the sake of feeling good in the morning, having more energy. You know, or or if even thinking longer term. You know, not whatever, not struggling with diabetes or having better health in my 60s and 70s. And it's the same thing with, no, I don't want to pick up my phone or turn on a movie or watch something because I've got this other thing that I don't have that instant gratification. Well, this is what's crazy. This is probably a whole other episode because you and I have talked a lot about this. But it's like, if you want the bigger reward, there's going to be a bigger gap between the action that you take and the, the payoff. And right. the gratification. And the gratification. Yeah. And the longer that delay, yes. the healthier it is. Well, just the bigger it is. And the, the bigger it and is. And like the more impactful it is and like the more significant it is. And so I think there are studies to back that up, right? Didn't you oh, hear that? No from, doubt. Yeah. You were telling me that because you heard it from somebody. Yeah, I was yeah, it was yeah, I was just listening to it. And so but what you can do is you can find little ways to trick yourself into like little rewards along the, the journey, you know, that, that are helpful. Anyways. Yeah, that's a whole thing. But anyways, I get, just know like there's this boot up process where you got to like graze your adrenaline to get out of the house. There's a letdown process when you come down mm-hmm. and it can be really fatiguing. So if you're just feeling like you're fatigued, if, if your life's awesome and you love it, then obviously third spaces are serving you. But if you feel really fatigued or wiped out or feel like you don't have enough hours in your day or your kids are driving you nuts, then third spaces could be a culprit Yes, in your life. And also, the more children you have, uh, the more you just kind of block up pathways and third spaces. So, I mean, myself, I all I do with friends now is go to their houses. <laughs> or in the summer, we do go to big, like, parks with fields and stuff for our kids to run around. Because when you're talking seven kids and four kids and, you know, five kids over here, and you all, all get together, it's just it's a zoo you walk in people just run you know so it's easier than being the mom maybe with two children that has to navigate this but the earlier you start to navigate it i do think the more productive and the more efficient and the more peaceful your home will be yeah folks thank you all so much for listening we'll talk to you next week bye bye